Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Father, Father, we thank you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord God, for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way. We thank you for this worship experience. And we confess that we are wrong and you are right. We are weak, but thou art strong. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you would minister by your word. Convict, convince, if need be, convert. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. What a choir. Amen. Praise the Lord from whom all blessings flow. On a special note to my friend and one of our attorneys, Attorney Groshen and his family, God bless you. And to all of you that are present here today, truly God is an awesome, awesome God. Amen. This morning will be in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles, Acts, which is after St. John, amen, the book of Acts, chapter 5, we're going to do some deep teaching this morning, Acts, chapter 5, amen, and I want to home in on verse 38 and 39, and it reads as follows. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found even to fight against This morning, I want to use this as a diving point into a subject. When are we fighting God? When are we fighting God? Too often, people become discerners of God's will without really hearing from God. They imagine and influence others with an influx of individual opinions, which at the core can be corrupt, confusion, conflict, and a camouflage for the devil. And I want to stop, pause, and park to let you know that only through growth, only through a deep meditation into a rightly divided word are we not deceived. That there have been times in my own life that I thought God was leading, only to find out he wasn't. 
and, 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 and this discerning power between right and wrong, di differentiating evil from good, does not come, amen, by osmosis. Does not come overnight. It comes as the Word of God is the authority. And the danger today is what we call in theology existentialism, which is essentially looking for an experience rather than the exposition of the Word. We want, we want to feel something. We, we don't want to walk by faith. We want to feel that God is in this. And Satan can easily enter your realm of feelings. Easily, easily. Your feelings is associated with your fractures, your hurts, your history. Yeah. Your feelings is associated with your thinking. Yeah, your old nature. And faith is always directly connected with the Word. The Word, the Word. And, 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 and so the question is, when are we fighting for God and when are we fighting God? And all through the Bible we see instances of people who thought they were fighting for God, but they were really fighting God. Yeah. Are y'all with me? That, that, that I, I believe that when we're fighting for God, there is salvation, character, there's sanctification, cleansiness, there's submission, consciously low and yielded, and, and, and there's service connect, connected to the body of Jesus Christ. I believe that when we begin to look at this matter of fighting for God that we we are connected Amen. connected and, and and when we're fighting God just the just, just the opposite conversely when we're not led we've been lied to can I get a witness like Eve was lied to deceived by the devil and 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 when we've been lied to we sow discord we 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 disagree with vision we 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 disciple people on our own we 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 think we're discerning one thing and we're not and 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 child of god we we don't need to look at each other we just need to look at ourselves do do i have a witness that 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 i i must confess there are times when i just thought god was on board i i just thought God was leading me. I just thought God was speaking through me, and it wasn't. It was, amen, a figment of my imagination. And, 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 and when you begin to look at the Bible as a whole, 66 books in what we call the canon, it is the authority of Almighty God. It is infallible. Amen, and, and, and it is by inspiration, it is God-breathed, amen, through 40 writers who God inspired and used their personalities to record truth. Are you with me? That the Bible essentially is talking about, listen, a people who are the Jews, a person who is the Lord Jesus Christ, and a program who is the church. All right. Three Ps. 
It covers the whole gamut. So when Jesus comes along and in the Old Testament as the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ, amen, uh, that same angel of the Lord is, is the person that Moses met in the fiery bush. Can I get a witness? Moses, take off your shoes. It was the angel of the Lord, and, 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 and it was the same person that Gideon made and, uh, met, and, and, and it was the same person that told Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. Can I get a witness? Against the Midianites. And, and, and so when we begin to, to look at um, the Bible, it is interesting that God's people have always been on the blink at times when it comes to discerning God. Always. In the, in the wilderness, listen, when Israel was leaving Egypt, amen, they began to struggle, listen to this, with God's direction. Two and a half million people, they went in as, as 70 souls under Jacob and then Joseph. They came out as two and a half million and they were traveling speedily out of Egypt and they had a problem with God's direction because the Bible says God took them in the Torah another way to Sinai. So they had a problem with the direction. They had a problem with their diet. They didn't like this manna, this corinda seed. Uh, and the word manna means what is this? They, <laughs> they, they didn't like these sweet pancakes God was sending out of heaven. They didn't like the quail that he let fly low so they could hit it and, you know, fry it and eat it. They didn't, they didn't like that. They said, we missed the leeks and the onions of Egypt. They had a problem with his direction. They had a problem with God's diet. They had a problem with God's disciplines. They, they did not like... God disciplining them all the way to Sinai into the promised land. And then they had a problem with God's dependence. God says, you will follow, listen, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. When the cloud moved, Israel had to move. When the cloud stopped, Israel had to stop. Can I get a witness? And But lastly, they not only had a problem with direction, discipline, diet, Amen. Dependence. They had a problem with his director, Moses. Amen. And, 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 and it was Israel that said, who put you over us? In fact, his own older sister, Miriam, amen, and it was read in your hearing, Miriam said, wait a minute, Moses, does God just speak through you? And when she said that, God called the meeting of Miriam, Moses, and Aaron and struck her with leprosy. Can I get a witness? And Moses, Moses had to pray for Miriam for the leprosy to be healed. And, and, and we see the same thing in the, in the Kings where David and Samuel, where David became king and his own son Absalom, yeah, conspired against him, won the hearts of the people and was chasing him out of the palace only to find himself hung on a tree. You ain't getting this. 250 liters of Korah stood up against Moses and God opened the ground and swallowed them. You're not getting this. That all through the Bible, there has been situations where people have misread God's direction. And, and, and it's here in Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5 
begins with a lie and ends with liberation. That, that when we look at this historical book of Acts, this historical book, and I, I want to just take a few moments as I did this morning to do some teaching so you understand the importance of this book. Acts is not a book of doctrine. You don't run to Acts to establish doctrine. It is an historical account of the early church. Are you praying with me? And, and, and it, it, it is here in the book of Acts that, uh, amen, and, and, and the first chapter is the most important chapter in the book. We'll, we'll go there momentarily, but in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, while Jesus is talking, the post-resurrection Christ is talking to the disciples and he says, look, he says, I want you to go to Jerusalem, wait, and you will be witnesses unto me. Here it is. In Jerusalem, the first seven chapters of Acts, you are to first go to my people, the Jews, with the gospel of grace. God is changing dispensations. A dispensation, amen, is a stewardship. Okonoma in the Greek, it is a new age. The law of Moses went up to the book of Acts and Acts chapter 2 stopped. Now in grace, the church comes in. It's a change of dispensations. By the way, he said, go to Jerusalem, first seven chapters, and then I want you to take this message beyond Jerusalem to Samaria, chapters 8 to 10. Amen. And Samarians were half-breed Jews who intermingled with the Assyrians and the Babylonians during the captivity. That's why the woman at the well, who was a Samaritan, told Jesus, uh, you being, how can you being a Jew ask me, a Samaritan, for water? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So 8 to 10 is Samaria, and then, amen, 11 and 12 is Judea, proselytes, people studying to be Jews and whatnot. And then, to the uttermost parts of the world, chapter 13 to 26, Paul's three missionary journeys, Gentiles. Are, are we together on this? God says, take this message and begin in Jerusalem, take it out to the entire world. And, and, and when we begin to look at, amen, this, this manner of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, it's interesting that you will never understand foundational truth unless you understand the first chapter of Acts. Now, 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 turn back to the first chapter of Acts real quick, and I want you to see this, Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. I won't be long, but I want you to see there are some peculiar things in the first chapter of Acts. In chapter 1, verse 1, to the former treatise, O Theophilus, Theo is God, Ophilus is friend of, this is a friend of God, and he is Paul, I mean, he is Luke's friend, and the former treatise is the book of Luke. Luke was two things. He was a historian and he was a physician. And so look what he says. Look what Luke says who wrote the book of Acts. And it's interesting, he says in verse 3, to whom also he showed himself alive post-resurrection after his passion, after his death on the cross, by many... A multiplicity 
a plethora of infallible proofs. You can't miss that. What, 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 what Luke is establishing is authenticity. That Jesus Christ, after he came out of the grave, hung around for 40 days. That's crucial. And all he did was many infallible, tekamarion in the Greek, infallible, undisputable, inexplicable proofs that he was the Christ. Lord have mercy. Why 40 days? And look, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, now stop, because many Bible students don't see this, and I need to explain this. The kingdom of God was preached while Jesus was on earth. Repent, for the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom what? The kingdom belongs to the Jews. The kingdom where the Messiah comes back and sets up an earthly kingdom. And they wanted Jesus while he was alive to set up an earthly kingdom. It wasn't his plan. Because when you understand the entire Bible, and that's part of the reason why we have so much confusion in the church, because people have not been taught systematically the Bible. We're sitting up here taking bits and pieces out of the Bible, trying to make them applicable. They don't apply. That no one scripture hermeneutically is of his own interpretation. It's when you compare scripture with scripture that you get truth. Do I have a witness? I'm so sick and tired of these people pulling something out. It's eisegesis. They isolate scripture and say, see, the exegete of scripture is the comparing, the putting together, the expositional truth of the word of God. And, 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 And so it's here that He's talking about the kingdom of God. Well, there's a mathematical equation throughout the Bible that when you begin to look at Daniel's prophecy of chapter 9, amen, verse 24 to 27, Daniel asked God, will you tell me the end of my people? God sends a message through Gabriel, the angel, that your people's destiny will be determined by 70 prophetic weeks. All right. And when you look at Daniel's prophecy, chapter 9, 24 to 27, it says at the 69th week, the Messiah will be cut off. That's when Jesus went to the cross. And once the Messiah is cut off, John 1 and 11 says, He came unto his own, his own received him not. And when, the, and, and when his own people rejected him as the Messiah, God put the Jewish kingdom on a timeout and ushered in a mysterion, the mystery of the church, the ecclesia. And when the church is raptured out, when we are raptured out of him, we will be raptured. Revelation chapter 4, 5. When we raptured out, then God will resume the last week. Seven years, Revelation 6, of this kingdom. I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to lay it out. The 70th week will be 
The abomination of desolation as spoken of by Daniel the prophet. When the altar to the temple will be desecrated, when the Antichrist, false prophet, amen, when the nations of the world will come down, Gog and Magog, Germany and Russia, come down to defeat Israel. Ezekiel 37 30, it's coming. And I, and I keep I keep saying this, and as the Jews, the 144,000, 12 from each tribe, 12 times 12 is 144. When the 12, when the 144,000, not 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 Jehovah's Witnesses, but Jews, when they are anointed, 12 from each, 12,000 from each tribe, and they are running. From the nations of the world, God made God, Antichrist. They're going to be running and they're going to be saying the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. You're not ready for this. And as they're running, they're running to a place called Megiddo. Megiddo is a trap between the sea and land. And just when they get back to the sea and millions and millions of uh, Gentile nations are coming after these Jewish remnant, the sky going to crack. And the Bible talks in Ze Zechariah, the Bible talks in Isaiah, the Bible talks in the Old Testament book that Jesus is coming back on his white horse. With the armies of heaven and it, there will be a slaughter at the battle of Megiddo. Armageddon. Can I get a witness? Amen. And Jesus will set up his earthly kingdom. I'm, I'm just trying to get ahead. But between the 69th and 70th week, there's a timeout. That's when the church was ushered in. We're in the church age. Paul's argument in Romans 9, 10, 11, past Jew, present Jew, future Jew, is God finished with the Jews? No way. They're his people. Are you praying with me? And, and child of God, when you begin to look at chapter 1 of Acts, 40 days, why 40? I'm glad you asked because everything done in the Old Testament was a foreshadowing. A typology of what was going to happen futuristically. In Leviticus chapter 23, don't turn, there are feast days. And each feast day, first of all, there are five offerings. There's, there's, there, there's a burnt offering, there's a meal offering, there's a burnt bullock meal, a, 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 a peace offering. Can I get a witness? And there, 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 there are five offerings in um, Leviticus that God wanted Israel to give him. There are also festivity days. Are you with me? The first is the feast, listen to this, of unleavened bread that the Jews maintain. And that is synonymous with the Last Supper. It is just before the Passover. And then, listen to me, after that, it's, it, it, it speaks of, amen, the Passover, the first fruits, which foreshadows the resurrection. Then Pentecost is 50 days after the Passover, amen. 
And then after that, listen to this, is the Feast of Trumpets, which is a long period of time between that point and this point, and the Feast of Trumpets is synonymous when the Lord will come back because the archangel will blow a trumpet and the trump will sound. And then there's the Feast of Tabernacles, which talks about holy rest in the holy city eternally with God. So when you, when, you, when, you, when you look at the makeup of, 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 of Acts chapter 1, uh, the Bible says, Jesus said, after 40 days of infallible proofs, here's what Jesus said. Now, go in the city of Jerusalem and wait. How long are we waiting? 10 days. Why? Because Pentecost is 50 days after the cross, Passover. When you study the Word of God, this stuff is so scary. When Jesus was taken from judgment hall to judgment hall, when he was taken from Annas to high priest to Caiaphas to Roman procure, when he was taken to all these different people, the, the Paschal lamb in the Old Testament had to be held over four days before it could be slaughtered. Jesus is the Lamb of God. He foreshadows. He's a... He's a type of all of those things in the Old Testament. So, and, 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 and the problem is when they went into, amen, Jerusalem and waited, and then it says on Pentecost, 50 days later, that there was a mighty Russian wind and the emblems of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament is earth, wind, and fire. Can I get a witness? That, that, that is, excuse me, that wind and fire and water and a dove represents the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says when they was in one accord in one place, the Holy Spirit, amen, came and then dwelt them. And then God said at Pentecost, all Jews from around the world came to Jerusalem because male, Jewish males had to report to Jerusalem at least twice a year. And one was for Passover. Here was the miracle of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit got in you, they spoke, glossolalia, in languages where everybody from around the world could understand them. These were ignorant fishermen who had never been to school but was now speaking fluid Spanish, fluid dialects. What were they speaking? I'm glad you asked. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Every man heard, you read it, the gospel in their own language. And whenever God starts up a new program, it's dangerous. Back in the Old Testament, the book of Leviticus, God started up the tabernacle. Nadab and Abihu got killed quick because they offered up strange fire. Yeah. Whenever God is starting up something new and you jump in there and get in the way, he moves you. Why? Because of authenticity. I just gave you two years of Bible college that I learned in the 70s in 15 minutes. Two years. So when you look at this book of Acts, this book of Acts, this book of Acts is deep. God is starting up 
a new program. Now turn to chapter 5 real quick. But a certain man, stop. Uh, <laughs> but, conjunction. So we have to go back in the fourth chapter. Here's the problem. When you go back in the fourth chapter real quick, then we'll start moving expeditiously. Are you with me? Yeah. And it says in verse 32, And the multitude of them that believe were of, here it is, one heart, one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. A word, fellowship, koinonia. I know we live in a capitalistic society. And I asked this question to my prof and he started stuttering. I was laughing. God is not here suggesting commonality in our money, but he is suggesting unity. Capitalism says I can be a billionaire and you can be a street person with no money and that's accepted. God says, ah. The emphasis of this commonality, and I want you to see this, really defines biblical love. Look at verse 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that what? That lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands, houses, sold them and bought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had what? Now, let me stop, pause, and part. God is not suggesting that you sell everything you have, bring the money to the church, lay it at the pastor's feet, and we redistribute. I did it. I'm speaking in tongues. God, God is not suggesting that we do that, but... Think about the spirit that if you're hurting and I'm doing well, I have an obligation to help you. I should not sit back with my BMW, Rolls Royce, Mercedes, and you are struggling with nothing to eat. I'm, I'm talking about people in Jesus Christ. Are you with me? I, I, I'm talking about people in Jesus Christ that it, 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 it is a tragedy, if you will, for me to look at you and you are hurting and I'm able to help you and won't help you. Isn't that right? Come on now. I, I, I shouldn't work for you. I shouldn't pay your bills. He's not talking about welfare. He's talking about welfare. You didn't get that. He's indicating that we ought to have a love for one another where we chip in and help out when we can. Do I have a witness? And it's here that Barnabas, verse 36, son of consolation, a Levite from Cyprus, having land sold it, bought the money, and laid the money at the apostles' feet. Now, now we can interpret chapter 5. But a certain man named Ananias, which means God is gracious, and his lovely wife Sapphira, which means beautiful. Hmm. 
sold a possession, but kept back part of the price. The sin was not greed. The sin was pretense. Listen to me. And prestige. Their sin was they claim their claim was not in line with their character. And only God can see that. You can't judge my motives and I can't judge your motives because we're not God. I'm preaching already. I can, I can, I can let y'all go right now. You can only look at outward. You can't judge inward. Can I get a witness? And child, and child of God, child of God, the, the person that gave us $3,000 didn't come up and say, Pastor, I gave $3,000. Pastor chose to highlight without name that somebody was gracious enough to give us $3,000 to help you that don't give to give something. And my experience in church is folk that talk about money don't give anything. That's my experience. Tithers are already connected to God. Tithers are giving to the Lord. Tithers believe that the Lord is doing the right thing with the money. Tithers don't have a bunch of questions. When somebody starts talking about money, pull up the records. Oh, I'm going to preach. So here it is. Here it is. Here it is. They sinned. Look what Peter says in verse 3. They kept back, verse 2. The lie of their foolishness was pretense, prestige, personal exaltation. Look what it says. The people, remember, had one heart, one soul. They were self-motivated. Here's three things you got to be careful with. When you see a movement, Bruce, that's magnifying the Lord, multiplying in numbers, and making ministry in people's lives, you better back off. You better watch what you're saying. You cannot jump in with your frivolous opinions and start shooting arrows at what God's hand is on. Can't do it. Come, let me look at this. So Peter said in verse 3, Ananias, why have Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While we remain, it was yours. You didn't have to give anything. And once you gave it, you made your money. Why? And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. That means he dropped dead. So his wife comes in whistling three hours later. (laughs) She didn't know what was going on. And Peter said, oh, Sapphira, by the way, just like they carried your husband out, they're getting ready to carry you out. 
and she dropped dead. Y'all ain't getting this. Why would God, is this about giving? No. Is this about business transactions? No. It's about interfering with the unity, the multiplicity, the magnification of a ministry that God is obviously getting glory from and you choose to get in the way with your stinking opinions. And by the way, opinions are like armpits. Everybody got at least two. Some just stink more than others. You better watch your tongue. You don't know what you're talking about. You have no idea what the Lord is doing. Look at it. It's in the text. Hmm. It's in the text. The lie of foolishness. Hmm. When you look at this, look at verse 11. Because of what the Holy Spirit did. Watch this. And great fear came upon all the church. Did you get that? Twenty-five years ago, I was preaching across the street. And this lady was in the back and said, don't believe him. God ain't in that. And while I was preaching, she fell out on the floor. Had a stroke. Her face went to one side. And I went up to the hospital to see her the next day. And she was in her bed looking at me saying, I'm sorry, Pastor. And died two days later. Listen to me. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. That doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. What it means is God is in this thing. You can fool with it. You can fool with it if you want to. Look at the second thing I want you to see. Don't get scared. God ain't ready to kill you yet. I I, I just thought I'd throw it out there so you can have a nice day. See, we don't understand the essence of preaching. If you laid up last night and you shouldn't have laid up with somebody, if you was doing something you shouldn't have done, and you come to church this morning and I preach and you're not convicted, I did not preach. When this word is going forth, it's like fire. Shut up in my bones. And God has no respect of persons. The word is good in season. It's good out of season. It's good when we like it. It's good when we don't like it. And I don't always like the word of God. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. God is sovereign. That's what makes him God. Son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel 37. He said, you know, Lord, preach to the bones. 
And when he started, when Ezekiel started preaching, he said, I heard, then he said, preach to the wind. And the wind was the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit got in the bones, he heard a clanging. And it was a picture of Israel and Judah coming back to life. Why? Because the word will bring life. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. Thy word, Isaiah said, cannot come back void. It must accomplish what it sets out to do. Can I get a witness? And when you got that word in your heart, God will convict you. God will convert you. Come on, God, God, God will change you. When that word gets you, when that word gets on the inside, can I get a witness? You can't help yourself. The word. The word. The word. That's why the centurion told Jesus, just speak the word. That word's got power. And that word will guide your steps. Can I get a witness? That word will make you stay home at night. Can I get a witness? That word will make you act right. That word will make you talk right. That word will make you walk right. That word will make you give right. That word will make you serve right. That word, that word, that word, that word. That word. Can I get a witness? And when I even, listen, when I even think about doing wrong, that word will straighten it out. Can I get a witness? Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. Some of you came in here this morning and you're out of the will and out of the word and out of the way of God and I'm praying that that word will warm you up, turn you around, plant your feet on a solid ground. Mm. 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 And I can't stay angry with my wife if I got the word in me. I know y'all don't want to hear this this morning. Can I get? I can't mistreat my children if the word is in me. Can I get a witness? I can't cause hell in the church if the word is in me. Do I have a witness? If that word is in me, it, it's gonna. It's, it's gonna. <laughs> It's going to make me walk right. It's, it's going to make me talk right. It's going to make me think right. It's going to make me be right. Do I have a witness? His word. Ah. Check it, check it, check it out. Look at, look, look at the next thing, the loosing of their freedom. We expeditiously. Chapter 5, verse 12 to 16. And they by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Now wait a minute. Notice somebody's word, verse 12. There's a genuine connection by the hands of the apostles. They're on one accord. You know, when they say by the hands of the apostles, they're talking about the proof of ministry. Let me, let me tell you how this works. All of us are sinners Hopefully saved by grace. There's none righteous. Isaiah 64, 4. No, not one. 
all have gone astray. Can I get a witness? What God does, he calls a sinful man. And he puts his vision in the man. Like he did Moses. Like he did Joshua. Like he did that. And listen, he sends him out to do his work. Yeah. It's not that God can't use anybody else. It's that God does not choose to use anybody else. When he called Moses, he called Moses. And he wouldn't let anybody, you know, Moses made a lot of excuses in, in Exodus 3. Lord, I stutter. He said, take your brother Aaron. He likes to talk. Uh, Lord, 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 I do this. I do that. I can't do this. He was a fugitive from Egypt. He was nervous. God said, what's that in your hand? Rod, take it. That's it. Can I get a witness? There's always something that God has in our hands that God's going to use. Can I get a witness? And child of God, here, here's, what I, here's, here's the thing I'm trying to get you to get. By the hands of the apostles means the proof of that ministry. The proof. Now, now look at verse 13, godly fear. And of the rest, durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. This is not glorifying in the apostles. What it is, listen, it's a man uh, creating a, listen, creating a fear holding them in high esteem for the work that God has called them. That's, 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 that's all it means. That's all it means. God, look, genuine connection, godly fear. Look at the growth factor, verse 14. And they, the believers were more, they multiplied, added to the Lord, multitudes of men and women. Now the word women is very important because this is the first mention of women being saved. God didn't deal with women. That's why the woman at the well said, Jesus said, go call your husband. She said, I have a, you know, yes you do. God is now, listen, dealing specifically with men and women as co-heirs to the kingdom. I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to help you out. And look at look 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 at this. Look at the grief stricken factor. A, a, amen. Real quick in verse 16, and it says, "Then there came also a multitude of, of cities round about uh, Jerusalem, bringing sick folk. Amen. Which were vexed, unclean spirits. They were healed. Everyone. Nowhere in the Bible did everybody get healed till you get to Acts 5. What does that mean? This ministry, stand up, brother." is a healing ministry. This ministry is a helping ministry. This ministry is not about Raymond Gordon. This ministry is about him. Noun unto him. Can I get a witness? This ministry is to seek and save that which was lost and to disciple my people in the world. I'm not one of these prostitutes in the pulpit that deceive the people to give me money. I ain't into that. You're not praying with me. I'm not here for you to exalt me. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm messed up. Can I get a witness? I'm here to teach and to preach 
and to help and to heal. Come on now and to and to keep on. Look, come on, come on, come on, guy. And to keep on going out, getting people and getting them saved and witnessing to them, telling them about the good news of Jesus the Christ. Now check this out now. There's a loosing of their freedom. Third, there's a liberty of their faithfulness. 17. Look, look at verse 17. When God is moving, maturing, motivating, look at this. Three things are going to happen. First, verse 17, there will always be opposition. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a great theologian, said, suffering is a gift to the believer. When you suffer in Christ, God has blessed you with a gift. When you suffer, God says, for my name's sake, I'm going to let you go through something so I can get the glory. See, 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 we don't look at suffering like we, we look at suffering like, oh my goodness, I wish. God said, uh, when I set this thing up, I'm going to let all hell come at you. Can I get a witness? I'm going to let the hellhounds, I'm going to let spirits, I'm going to let demons, I'm going to let people that are influenced, I'm going to let you get attacked from all angles. But here's what you do. When you come under attack, just praise my name. Just, just, just thank me for what you're going through. Thank me for the good and the bad, the up and the down, the ins and the outs. Don't get discouraged. Just thank me. Turn it into a praise session. When life gives you a lemon, make some lemonade. Can I get a witness? Learn to do what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. Can I get a witness? Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. You remember Nebuchadnezzar, the nut, Nebuchadnezzar, amen, amen. Nebuchadnezzar was messed up and, and he put an edict out in, in all Babylon when he was in captivity in, in 700 B.C. Can I get a witness? He said, whoever does not fall out and worship this image, 90 foot by 9, yeah, I'm going to put him into a fiery furnace. Can I get a witness? And the three Hebrew boys who was friends, teenagers that came from Jerusalem with Daniel. Y'all not praying with me. They, they, they said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not, we're not careful. No, Nebuchadnezzar, let's get something straight. We, we, uh, we applaud you as being king. We respect you. We know we're in a foreign land, but we're not bowing down. down. We, we, we are not going to bow down. And, and, and here, here, here's what they said. Facing a fiery furnace, they said, because our God... He's able. Can I get a witness? And when you understand that he's able, you can run through troops. When you understand he's able, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You got to know that you know that you know that he's able. Can I get a witness? They said we're not careful to answer you. Can I get a witness? And Nebuchadnezzar said, wait a minute. Make the oven seven times hotter than it was. And they said, and then he said, throw them in. I dare you stand up against my edict. 
And the Bible says that they opened up the oven. And the men that opened up the oven, they burned up. <laughs> that the oven was so hot. Child of God, you got to expect an oven. When you stand up for Jesus, you got to expect hell to come against your marriage. You got to expect hell to come against your house. You got to expect hell to come against your mind. Can I get a witness? And they threw him in the oven. Can I get a witness? And they closed the door. But God had pulled out the heat. Won't he pull out the heat? When you're going through something and Jesus is in it, he will pull out the heat so you don't get burned. Can I get a witness? There was a flame, but there was no heat. Haven't you walked through something where the appearance of flame was there, but no heat? Can I get a witness? And then Nebuchadnezzar looked in the oven and said, wait a minute, we got a mathematical problem. Did not I throw three in? But behold, I see a fourth one. And it looks like the Son of God. Can I get a witness? Somebody said he walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me that I'm his own. Won't he walk with you? Won't Jesus walk with you? Won't he walk in the fire? Won't he take out the heat? In the able. Lord have mercy. Thank you. I'm coming in now. I'm coming in now. There's going to be opposition. Look at the word used in verse 17. They were filled with indignation. Did you get that? There's going to be opposition. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Can I get a witness? But not only opposition, when the opposition comes, look at verse 19. God's going to create opportunity. But the angel of the Lord, by night, opened the prison doors. Now look what he told them. And brought them out and said, now go into the streets. Stand up and preach. In the name that's above every name. Can I stop Paul's and Park? I'm just so glad of the doors that the Lord opened up in my life when I came out of the military in 1974 after doing seven years and I was all messed up in my mind. Can I get a witness? I'm so glad that he opened up doors of salvation. I'm glad he opened up doors of freedom. I'm glad he opened up doors of sanctification. I've never been sanctified in my life. Can I get a witness? I ran in the streets. I was a whoremonger. I was in hotels. I was running up and down the streets partying. But God opened up doors. Won't he change your life? He'll change your mind. He'll change your heart. He'll change your feet. He'll change. Uh, he'll change. He'll change. Won't he change you? See, some of you sitting up here cute and yeah, all, all of that in a bag of chips, but you're nothing. Can I get a witness? You got to know that you know that you know. You know what's you know what's really plaguing the church? It's the addiction of denial. We are in denial so much that we addicted. 
Can I get a witness? Are you a sinner? No, I ain't no sinner. Uh, can I get a witness? Uh, uh, do you ever make mistakes? No, I don't make mistakes. Uh, we are addicted to denial. And it's good every once in a while. Come here, brother. Come on up here. It's good every once in a while to have somebody that just met the master to say I was about to end my life. I was ready to end my life. I was ready to give it all up. I was ready to shoot myself. But God, but God, but God is rich. He's rich. He's rich in mercy. Any rich in mercy? Any good? In God, good. Oh, taste. I said taste, taste, and see that the Lord is good. Opposition will lead to opportunity. Opportunity will lead to open witness. You really don't care what people think. I'm like the man in John chapter 9, the blind man. He says, whether Jesus is a sinner or not, I don't know. But here's what I do know. I was blind, but now I see. Can I get a witness? He's able. He's able. He's able. He's able. There are no coincidences. When you're in a car accident, it's Jesus to let you walk out. When you're in a house fire, it's Jesus to let you walk out. When you've been through a hurtful divorce, it's Jesus that lets you walk out. When you use drugs, it's Jesus that heals your body. Can I get a witness? When all hell's against you, it's Jesus that gives you the victory. It's not by power, nor is it by might, but it's by his spirit. Here it is. Final point. Final point. Final point. Look at the learning. They're learning from faulty counsel. Look at verse 29 real quick. Then Peter said, and the other apostles answered, we ought to obey God rather than man. Look what it says in verse 29, 30. Look at this. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses. My God. Are you with me? Hang in there with me now. We, we coming in. We are his witnesses. Yeah. Peter, Peter, Peter was bold. Peter, Peter said, and listen, we are his witnesses of these things. So is also the Holy Ghost whom God have given to them that obey him. When they heard this, now look, now watch this now. They were cut to their heart. And took counsel to slay them. The counsel of this heart, they were cut. 
They were convicted to their heart and said, we got to get rid of these guys. They keep bringing up this name of this imposter, this prophet from Galilee, Mary and Joseph's son, whom we know, who claims to be God. He claims to be the son of God. He claims to be the unique son of God. He claims to have equality with the Father. He said, my Father worked and I work hitherto. Can I get a witness? If my Father is Jehovah Jireh, then I'm Jehovah Jireh. If my Father is Jehovah M. Kadesh, then I'm Jehovah M. Kadesh. If my Father is El Shaddai, then I'm El Shaddai. My Father is Adonai, then I'm Adonai. Can I get a witness? He, he claims equality. Lord have mercy. So the Sadducees, a sect, with the Pharisees, they made up the 70 elders of Israel. Are you with me? It's called the Sanhedrin Council. The difference between the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the Sadducees didn't believe in resurrection. The Sadducees didn't believe in the spirit realm. But the Pharisees were lawyers of the Torah. They studied that law. Nicodemus in John chapter 3 was a Pharisee. In fact, he was a ruler of the Pharisees. Can I get a witness? He is the one that came to Jesus by night and said, Lord, we know that you're from God because no man can do these miracles unless God be with him. And Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Can I get a witness? Well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. And Paul's prof at the University of Jerusalem was another Pharisee called Gamaliel. Gamaliel was a bad boy. He was a smart Pharisee who studied the Torah and knew it backwards. And, and child of God, when they wanted to kill these apostles for being imposters, are you with me? Look at the counsel, not only to the heart, but look at the counsel to heed. Verse 34, then stood there one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law that had reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space and said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For they, for before these men rose up, there were others, and I'm not going to name them, that rose up. And look at verse 38. And now I say unto you, now watch this, here's the counsel on my closing, here's the counsel of help. Look at verse 38. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men. Let them alone for if this counsel or this work be of men it will come to nothing if this counsel is from man it will fizzle out you need not attack it you need not talk against it you need not work against it if it's not from God just chill it will fold up I'm preaching up in this place now. Can I get a witness? And he says, now wait a minute, wait a minute. Amen. But, verse 39, if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. Lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. 
You fight it, your arms are too short to box with God. Here, here's the counsel. If it's not of God, just... If St. Matthew's is not being led by Jesus Christ, don't worry about it. It's going to fizzle. People are going to stop coming to church. People ain't going to want to join. People are going to turn the TVs off, the three and a half million that possible viewers... People ain't going to turn the radios off in the morning. Don't worry. If, 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 if it's not of God, don't worry about it. It's going to fizzle. But if it is, if it is, if it is from God, you a fool to stand in the way. Can I get a witness? You can't fight this thing because the Holy Ghost will move you. The Holy Ghost will kill you. The Holy Ghost will get rid of you. Do I have a witness in the house? child of God how do I know when I'm fighting God there's confusion there's crisis there's criticism of others there's condemning and there's a contrariness that's when you fighting God how do I know when I'm fighting for God he's glorified there's a graciousness there's a gratification can I get a witness Listen to me, James says it all, the wisdom that comes from above. Here's how you know when God's in something. It's first pure, it's peaceable, it's easy to be entreated, and it's full of mercy. What is the end product as we close when something is from God? And let the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Isaiah said, my peace, Lord have mercy. God will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is glued, stayed on thee because you trust in thee. What's the difference? When God is in it, it's peace. When Satan is in it, it's war. You make the call. Is there peace in your marriage? Is there peace in your home? Is there peace in your heart? Is there peace in your mind? Then you are with God. Let's stay on our feet. As every head is bowed, every eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you want to be saved. Jesus died for all your sins, was buried and rose again. He wants to save you. Just raise your hand if you want to give your life to Christ. You will have eternal life. Come on up here, brother. Praise God. Stand right there. Right there. Thank you. Is there another? Turn around this way. Turn around. Is there another? You want to give your life to Jesus Christ. He died for your sins, was buried and rose again. Is there another? You want to join a church or your Christian experience? Turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor. <laughs> when are we fighting God? Mm. When there is 
confusion, crisis, contrariness, when we are fighting with God, when we are fighting for God, there's peace. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for all these thy people. Thank you for your strategic plan for your people, the Jews. Oh God, for the person of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives and for the program called the church. Teach us thy word, O oh Lord. Lead us in the plain path. Help us to surrender to your lordship. And Lord, as we go out of this place, give us a peace, a settled heart, a settled mind, a settled will that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor loves you. Have a happy 4th of July. We love you. God bless you.